0: and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion, with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion and to all our listeners around the world. It's been fantastic over the past two weeks to have the show featured on BBC Radio Suffolk's upload programme at nine o'clock. And I'm pleased to let you know that part of our episode with Ebony Rainford-Brent will be broadcast on their show this Wednesday at approximately 9.30. Today's guest is Philip De Freitas, known as Daffy. He played 44 test matches for England, 103 one-day internationals, and in a two-decade career took over 1,200 first-class wickets and scored over 10,000 runs. I hope you enjoy episode 14 and our return to cricket. Don't forget you can download the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify or Stitcher. Give us a rating and let us know what you think of the show so far. Welcome to the Paddock and the Pavilion, Philip. Uh, Thank you.
1: I'm pleased to be here. And how are you? I'm very well. Very well, thank.
0: considering. uh, But it's uh, all good. All good. Thank you. Well, it seems a while since I last spoke to you when you came to the Marchtown Cricket Club dinner in late February. A lot has happened since then.
1: Yeah, it's like you said, it seems ages ago, really, and uh, it's been a it's been a strange summer, really. Uh, the first half we had terrific weather. Uh, unfortunately, there was no cricket. Uh, but the second half we managed to squeeze a lot of cricket in, and uh, and I think that you know, credit goes to the ECB. Really, they've they've done terrifically well and uh, managed to get some cricket going.
0: Good. Now we're going to talk about your career over two decades today and uh, to start with you you were born in Dominica in 1966 when did you come to England and what are your earliest cricketing memories?
1: Um, well yeah it's, it's strange really because um, I, I came over to England when I was about seven or eight and um, you know sort of it, it seems such a such a long long time ago eh? <laughs> uh, which it is yeah, you know and you know, um, and you know, I remember when I first arrived. It was it must have been sort of around November time, and it was foggy. It was cold, uh, and I thought, oh my word, where have I arrived? What you know, what's happening here? But it's um, you know, it's one of those really you know, you, it, it's such a long time ago. And I, the first thing I always remember um, was you know, sort of when I arrived, and uh, I think I was picked up by my dad and one of my brothers. And and I couldn't believe, you know, the traffic. Basically, I was just amazed, really, because as a kid, you know, in in Dominica as a youngster, you don't we didn't see as much traffic. So that was a big surprise to me.
0: So where did you arrive to? Was that London now?
1: Yeah, it was London. Yeah, we arrived at London. Um, you know, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's a strange one because I you know I was with my younger brother, uh, Reuben, and we both arrived together. Um, and then we were the we were the last two basically um, you know I'm, I'm one of seven boys and you know the rest of the boys obviously were were in the UK and Ruben and I were the last two we we, we basically were left with our grandmother my grandmother in, in Dominica and um, you know which is you know you, you can't think you know you're, you're trying to you know figure it out really. and I was left with my grandmother and uh, then we were sent on this uh, enormous plane, um, just, you know, two youngsters, basically. Ruben, what's Ruben, two years younger than I was. So Ruben would have been about five or six. And we were on this plane and then we arrived uh, in the UK.
0: And you came, the two of you came on your own?
1: Yeah, we came on yeah. our own. Yeah, we were, we were looked after when we went. We went from Dominica got on the plane and we were looked after when we got into Antigua, obviously, they knew that we were the youngster. So we put into the, I think it was a, a waiting room, private waiting room. We were sat there, um, you know, we had to wait for uh, the British Airways flight. And um, That's you know, that's what I can remember. And it was so, it was quite frightening really, because we,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, we didn't know what was going. So we were just sort of sat together, just, you know, looking at each other, thinking of what's going on. And I know we waited for quite a while until the next flight, uh, and then we got onto this massive, enormous. But I mean, the the the, the flight I got on, which is a small flight, was enormous for us. It yeah. Big, you know, big era aerop- at that age. And then suddenly getting into this monster plane. And I remember we sat at the back. We both sat together, and we were given little things, you know, pencil things to to draw on paper. And and I think we, I, I, my memories was I was so I was so scared. we were really scared. We were both scared. So we. I think we we both cuddled each other, so yeah. we cuddled each other and really and uh, and it was obviously a night fly, so we fell asleep, and the next morning we woke up and you suddenly looked this gray, yeah you know, so sort if of, you've gone from sunshine to this gray, uh, a bit like
0: it is today, yeah
1: yeah, yeah, and that was it really I mean it, it, like you said, it, it brings a little bit of emotion to me there, talking about it because uh, yeah it was uh, yeah, it was an experience, yeah,
0: so what were your first cricketing memories then from?
1: My first cricket in memory was strange, really, because everyone else in the the family sort of played cricket. I I played football. I didn't really take cricket that seriously. My older brother, Farron, he was the one who was, you know, everyone talked about, said he was a very good cricketer. Uh, The boys, they all played, and the older, you know, the eldest three, they were very good footballers, uh, cricketers. They played with the likes of Mike Gatton and so on um, around, you know, sort of that area. Uh, but I didn't, I really didn't really get into team sport at all. I was very, very shy and very reserved. I, di- I didn't, you know, I, I was very, I kept myself to myself. I didn't really get involved. I, mean, I played high school. Um, you know, I remember going to high school and then uh, the games teacher, Ellis Williams, encouraged me and he encouraged me to play. I ended up playing more football, End up playing more cricket. And then my brother, uh, who played for Sudbury Court, uh, introduced me, said, come along, you know, come along to you. and I introduced me to Sudbury Court, and then I started playing a bit of team sport. But, you know, it all goes back down to, uh, you know, Alice Williams. And one of my earliest memories, obviously, from, from Wilson High, and I think that thing that really helped me and encouraged me, in, in, you know, coming from, you know, going to state school, I uh, went to Wilson High, which is state school, but very good for sport, and I remember we had two football pitches and we had a cricket artificial pitch in the middle, and there were sort of like two, three concrete nets at school, and a you know massive playground. And I, you know, and I remember sort of during games period, Alice Williams decided you know he will sort something out for us. And what he did was sometimes you know during the winter in the games period, he used to take us to Finchley, where I think uh, Middlesex Academy is now. He used to take us to Finchley indoor center during our uh, games period we used to go on the coach get to finchley uh and then we played a bit of cricket you know indoors we played a bit of cricket um i remember i was being coached by raj Maru, uh who was then middlesex left arm oh spinner. yeah he played
0: for hampshire yeah, as well so yeah. he
1: was he was there you know, you know he was he was doing some coaching in the winter so he coached us well you say coached us he guided us really yeah. uh and helped us Um, you know because some of you know with state school boys we were some of us were you know sort of had troubles we you know some of you know we weren't the easiest Um, and then I I just I loved I loved being there I loved doing the, the cricket and I think you know from there you know moved on to sub record with my brothers and then played club cricket and enjoyed the social side of it really and what I loved about it you know you know playing Playing, you know, the, the club cricket then, it wasn't about where you're from, who you're from, you know, what background you are. It was just enjoying playing cricket, really. That was it. And that's what I loved about it.
0: Well, that's good to hear. So, Ellis, Ellis um, must have made a, a big uh, influence on your cricketing career then.
1: I mean, you know, rest is Soul. He passed away a few years back, but he was he was massive. He was, he was massive, you know, with, with what went on with me, really, and looking forward, uh, you know, moving forward into my career. And, you know, even my early sort of test matches and games, like, you know, things like that, we, we stayed in touch and we, I'd invite him along to the test matches. Uh, we used to, you know, if the, the counties we were ever, you know, when I moved to, to Leicestershire, if we came down to the Oval or Lords, would meet up afterwards and have a drink in the bar, you know, meet up. So, yeah, he was special to me. Alice was very special and, uh, you know, and, it, and I, I owe, owe him a lot, a great deal.
0: So you went to Leicester looking that you first played for them in their second team in 1984.
1: Were you still at school then? No, no, I left school. I left school early. I was I was a tearaway. <laughs> I was desperate. I was desperate to leave school. I was desperate to play. Um, you know, I, I love football. I, you know, I, uh, yeah, I wanted to play football all the time. I wanted to play cricket all the time. And, you know, my reports back to my mum used to be, if he's you know spent as much effort and energy as he does in his sport in these lessons you know he would be terrific he'd be excellent but he's so focused on this sport and this you know playing sport uh and i, and I got in trouble a lot at school and sometimes you know you know i'm one of those kids um uh, back then it was very hard school i found school very hard because i um, you've got to remember, I, when I first came over, I had um, what you call, you know, Dominique, you speak Patois, broken French. So I was, you know, you know, sort of I I would say uh, Patois was my first language in a sense, really. I, you know, I spoke broken French more than I spoke English. And, you know, and it was, you know, it was and and, and I, you know, I was very much that way. So I had that slight, you know, sort of broken French Patois accent. And. I was, you know, I was I was teased at school. You know, I was teased and it affected me at school and I found it, you know, I I found school very hard. And sometimes I didn't want to be there because of you felt that you didn't belong there. Uh, You were always, you know, and it's funny, you know, we we talk about kids and with my boys now, you know, and I said it's very important, whoever, what they are you know, to not tease or, you know, because everyone's different, everyone's got little yeah. flaws or th- problems and we don't really know. And and I struggled and I struggled. And back then, I didn't think, you know, I didn't have the support. Everyone just felt that I didn't want to be at school. I didn't want to learn. Um, and I struggled and I struggled because of those reasons. Um, and, and I, I struggle all through my schooling, really, purely on those reasons.
0: So sport must have been a great escape for you then, uh, oh, that sport
1: was massive uh it's the only time I felt and it's the only place I felt comfortable and, and I felt safe really was being in a, in a in a sporting environment and considering how shy you know the reason why I was shy as well because obviously um you know I didn't want to open my mouth at times and uh so it was very yeah it was it, it, it was hard it was very very hard and like you said the only time I felt you know free or happy or comfortable was in a sporting environment you know if i was playing football if i was playing cricket because no one can hear you know all they can hear is just shouting certain things or doing certain things uh, but when you got into that classroom and in that environment when you know you suddenly you're asked a question you you know and you're afraid to open your mouth because as you said you know there's, there's, there's a you know and it's one of the biggest regrets really you know suddenly i you know as you go through my my life um, and from that incident I tried to lose and forget about the broken French and French completely you know considering I did French at school the, the only time it was you know in the French lesson I was okay and then obviously when I once I got teased on that I, I just tried to lose and forget about the the broken French or the patois uh, and really get it out my system and you know up to this day I mean people's you know I can I can understand certain French words but yeah. I, i've lost it completely because i wanted to uh which is sad really mm-hmm. really sad yeah, yeah. but it shows you and you know people people don't know these things people don't know they see you and they just you know they think you're this or you're that um so my upbringing was quite tough yeah
0: yeah being in a strange country as well so it's uh...
1: yeah yeah and you know you know uh, the, the other thing also i mean it, it's uh my dad ran so he passed away a couple of years ago i mean um you know he loved his drinking uh he loved his drinking he was um he got quite aggressive at times with his drinking you know look it was you know it was, it was my dad he was a great dad um could have done better yeah but it was my dad he respect that but you know i went through some you know some you know not not nice not nice times but some horrible times but you know, my mum's still alive, so I'm very, very careful what I say because, yeah. you know, it's her husband and she's been married, you know, to him for so long, you know, it's my mum. Uh, so I'm very, very wary of what I say about my dad. But, you know, I went through some, you know, horrible moments That's as well. Time. So yeah. my, my experience as a youngster was quite tough.
0: Well, uh, cricketing-wise then, you, you started at Leicestershire and um, I have looked back at um, your first first-class match and your first county championship matches which um i'm sure you'll remember but they struck me in the fact that the first game you played against oxford university in may 1985 so you must have been 19 at the time the leicestershire bowling attack of les taylor gordon parsons and philip defratus bowled the university side out for 24 what do you remember about that day it was you
1: know it was one of those really you played and i was just I was just so pleased to be playing professional cricket, and it doesn't matter who it was—Cambridge, Oxford, whoever it may be—I was just excited to be out on the field with those names you mentioned. Because you remember, you know, Aggie, Jonathan Agnew, Les Taylor—they were England players. So I was just going past, and they were, you know, out and out season first, you know, first team players for Leicestershire. So I was just really pleased to be out there, and. You know, and one of the things, you know, when I first, you know, came to Leicester, Ken Higgs, who was my coach then, he was just said, look, you know, whatever opportunity you get, just grab it, just play, just express yourself. Don't uh, put yourself under any pressure at all. Just go and play, play like you've been playing. Uh, and, that, and that stuck with me, and uh, and I and I, I just looked at the game as just a, another game basically. I never I never used it as a oh, I've got to play well, I've got to do well, I'm playing for, the, I just, you know, I just played and I put, you know, and just went out and just expressed myself, really.
0: Well, your figures in that uh, uh, demolition of Oxford University was 3.4 overs, two maidens, three for three, so it was a good start.
1: So. Oh, were they all tail-embers?
0: <laughs> I, I didn't look, I, I I didn't actually look that detail detail. I know John Carr was playing for Oxford University. but oh, right,
1: no. but. Yeah.
0: I don't know whether you got him out. That have
1: been a good, good wicket, then. That's right, yeah.
0: But your first first-class match, um, you had a good game because you got five wickets uh, against Lancashire. and This was at Grace Road. And um, the great Clive Lloyd scored a century in that game.
1: He did, yeah. And, I, and I'll never forget that because I was fielding at mid-off and you heard about Clive Lloyd out hard he hit the ball. And I remember film at mid-off and he drove one to me at mid-off and I couldn't believe the power. <laughs> yeah, he hit the ball. Uh, and I was just, again, I was just in awe of just being on the, on the field and the cricket field of, you know, you're thinking, wow, Clive Lloyd, um, you know, a, a legend basically. Because, mm. you, know, you know, previous years before that, you know, a couple of years before on the MCC ground staff, you know, I remember throwing balls to them and watching them when West Indies were touring against England. So, they you were um, playing against him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <coughs> excuse me. So it was it was fantastic. Um, and Lancashire, you know, sort of um, again, as you said, you went out, you know, you, you know, sort of. J- and I just played really, and that was it.
0: Well, it it wasn't long before you made the England side because in 1986 you took 94 wickets, and I actually looked it up and thought there was was philip the leading wicket taker that year and i know you played more games in those days but courtney walsh got 118 wickets that year so you still weren't the leading wicket taker but it did get you selected for the england tour of australia Uh, what did it feel like when you got selected for this you know such a prestigious tour
1: yeah it it was it was an incredible season for me my first season you know i you know just repeating myself really i just I loved, just loved playing. I loved being out there thinking I'm playing. And I just, I went out just to try and perform as best as I could, really, and just enjoy it, really. Just enjoy the game. And I remember one of the, the games we played against Kent at um, Canterbury, and one of my first early games, really. And I remember I got some wickets in that game, and then I think we, was, we, was, we were struggling, and I got my maiden first-class 100 as well. I mean the Kent attack. You had uh, Graham Dilly, Alderman, Ellison, uh, Underwood. So oh. you know, and Cow So it was it was quite a decent oh, attack. So yeah. I, I ended up getting my first first class hundred, and it, it and it was an absolute fantastic game. And it went down to the wire, and we ended up losing that. I mean, I got wickets and I got a hundred, and we still lost it. And I still felt de- deflated to lose that game. But um, that season was just you know, it was incredible. I never, not once, I ever thought about being selected for England. All I was interested in was just playing, just enjoying and playing and performing for Leicestershire, basically. So that the season went really well. It was fantastic. And, um, and I remember at the end of the season, uh, we, we went out for you know, sort of a, a celebrating drink, really, of a, you know, a good season. And I was out with Phil Whittacase and uh, Lloyd Tennant. We went out, we had a few drinks and I was the next morning, I wasn't the greatest. I felt yeah. rough the next morning for a you know, 6 aside side charity. Well, not a benefit game for Paddy Clift, yeah. uh, Paddy Clift. And uh, I knew nothing of it. And as I walked you know, through the, the gate, um, the Grace Road and a uh, little after the Gateman, and uh, He just kept saying, congratulations, well done. And I kept thinking, yeah, cheers, Arthur. I've got the biggest hangover going here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Arthur. Uh, Really, thank you. Yeah, it's been a great season. But he kept repeating himself. And I'm thinking, what's up with you, Arthur? And he says, you don't know, do you? I said, no, no, I don't. What what are you on about? And he says, you've just been selected to, you know, to play for England, to go on tour with England. And I was the first I knew I was selected to go on tour uh, to Australia on the Ashes tour with England. Arthur the Gateman told me.
0: I suppose in those um, days, it just came out on the radio, and then I you just, weren't listening. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, people knew before you did. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Arthur knew before I did, So, uh, and that was it, really.
0: Well, you played your first Test match in the November um, against Australia. Um, when you opened the bowling with Graham Dilley, quite a famous match, because um, he and both of them got 138, and you got, what was it, you got five wickets in the match, and England won by seven wickets.
1: Yeah, it, it, look, it was. It's it's one of those things. You, you look at um, all the heroes, all the guys. When you're young, you know, when you're young, young, and you're looking at all these players, and you're thinking, wow, I'd like to, you know, be like them. Or you know, you, you don't even think about playing with them. You're thinking, well, I'd like to be on like their playing know. And the next thing you know, you know, these guys are my hero. You're talking about Viv, you're talking about the great West in this side. you know, you about Clive Lloyd, uh, Mark and Marshall, all these guys. And then the England side, I you know sort of both of them. You had Lamb, you had Gower. I knew about Mike Gattin because obviously my brothers. Um, so you knew about all these guys, and I never felt that, you know, I never thought about playing with these guys. And then suddenly I'm on tour. I get on tour, and you know both of them are hero. Huh. You know, i you know, the first. The first two weeks of the tour, I'm sharing room with my hero. And then so, and then. You, you get into the test match and the first test match and I share, a, I don't know what the partnership was between both of them and myself, but I was, he got his hundred and the way he smashed it around, I was, I, you know, uh, winning the test match, it was just a you know, you, you dream about those things, but it came true and so it was a wonderful, wonderful time for me.
0: Well, it was a fantastic tour for England because we won the, or retained the Ashes winning the, the test match in Melbourne and also did very well in the two one-day competitions which you featured in as well
1: yeah it was yeah it, look, it was it was people talk about if there's anything you can go back to and you know like to go back and repeat and yeah you know, that tour you know I'd love to do it over and over again because it was such a fantastic four months and and I'm sure like the the, the present England side who won the World Cup and how their preparations through the years have gone and how they've been uh, and they've got that bonding. Um, it was very much that way, you know, out there for four months as a family. And we played and, you know, we, we, we were just, you know, we, we were also we were on the dogs when we went out. And, you know, there were reports of, you know, we couldn't bat, we couldn't fill, we couldn't bowl. Well, and that was right. from yeah. My mate, Scoop yeah. Martin Johnson. And, and we literally turned it around. And it was it was an you know, amazing tour. And it, 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 it was full of fun. You know, it was full of fun. I think um, Gatting as a as a leader and his man management, I thought was was terrific. Uh, Mickey Stewart was a coach. I mean, the, to allow you know the big boys, the Bothams, the Gowers, you know, also Gowers, my my county captain. Mm, so yeah. um, you know, and to allow these guys the freedom, you know, the start of the tour where. You know, it was a bit relaxed, more relaxed. We were preparation before the test matches t- to allow them that freedom, that freedom uh, was, you know, was brilliant. And then when we came to the real thing, you know, it was fantastic. They responded. It was awesome. Absolutely brilliant.
0: Well, the one day fall must have um, led the side to in just over about a year's time when you then reached the World Cup final against Australia. Is that a game we should have won as well?
1: Yeah, the, you know, it's... It, look, it, it, we did win it. Um, yeah, I felt we should have won it. Um, it's one of those we should have won it, um, but we didn't. Australia won it, and, and I, I, as much as I am very disappointed about the whole thing, uh, you look back and you think, well, you can't change things; it's happened. Uh, but I was—I think we all were gutted, really. We felt that we had the game and we should have won it.
0: Yeah, in twelve months you've won the won the Ashes and featured in a World Cup final, so you've yeah had a pretty dramatic start to your uh, international yeah, career. Yeah, it was yeah. sort
1: of you say you dream about these things, don't you? You dream about it.
0: Now you moved to Lancashire in nineteen eighty-eight, highly successful one-day side. Why did you move to them at that time?
1: Well, it was it was strange, really. You, you talked about Clive Lloyd. Um, made my David I remember Clyde Lloyd rang me, spoke to me and um, said look you know uh, David User was captain and we had Alan Omrod as coach at Lancashire and I um, sort of got on really well with Neil Fairbrother you know we became good friends and they approached me and said to me you know we'd like you to come to Lancs and you know said so we're building this team and, you know, we, what, you, you know you, you're going to be part of this jig story, you know, basically. And they, and they explained it. They said, look, you'll be opening the bowl in one week with Wazim Akram. And you'll be opening the bowl in the following week, possibly with Patrick Patterson. Huh, that's not too bad. Yeah. So, and I just thought, well, two guys, you know, wow, I could learn from. Absolutely fantastic. But the other thing was, Leicester, I loved, you know, Leicester will always be, you know, it's, it is my home. It's always been my home, uh, my home county. And I just felt Leicester on paper, I thought we were, we were fantastic side on paper, if you looked at Leicester. And I just did, I just, back then I just didn't feel as if we were together on the field, as, you know, as, as to try and win trophies. I didn't feel we had that. And I felt with Lanx it's an opportunity, one, you're playing at a test ground. Secondly, you know, it's, you, you, you're playing with these, you know, the bowling with these guys. So it's an opportunity to, to, to learn as well. And, and, you know, and, you know, and I, again, I was very good friends with Neil Fairbrother. So and I think that through it. But I think when, when they spoke to me and, you know, and how they they sold it to me, um, it was it was just, decision was made, really. You know, I had second thoughts. I'm you know, thinking, well, Leicester, given my opportunity, Leicester's my county. And I felt a little bit sort of sad, really, that I had to do it. But I just felt it was part of my you know, sort of learning and moving on, really, in, in cricket. Look, back then, people people hardly moved counties. They didn't yeah. move counties. People hardly So it was always frowned upon as upon saying, well, he's moved for the money. And, um, you know, and I had that. People were saying, oh, he's moved for the money. And to be honest, there wasn't a great deal difference as far as money-wise. It might have been an extra five grand or, or ten grand or whatever. But it wasn't about it. It was about, you know, moving somewhere where I wanted to win trophies, basically.
0: Which you did. I mean, in 1990, yeah, you yeah. did the NatWest and Benson Hedges uh, double, so the two yeah, premier, premier One Day competitions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, you know, it was. I had, I think, I had six seasons at uh, uh, at Lancashire, and uh, they were, you know, fantastic seasons, wonderful seasons. Supporters, that you know, the the club itself, the the supporters, you know, the mem, you know, the members, they were they were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I loved every minute of it.
0: Now, going back to your international career, I was looking up, you played in every home summer between 1987 and 1995. But did you ever feel that you were established in the the team?
1: Not once in my career. The only time I felt established in the team is when I reckon I took more than three wickets in an innings. If I took more than three wickets in an innings, then I thought, well, I've got a chance to play the next test match. If I didn't, then um, I thought there's every chance I'll be dropped.
0: That's a, quite, a always, sad re- yeah. quite a sad reflection, really, isn't it? Because when, when I looked up and see that you're playing, if you said to anyone that this, this this player played every summer for 10 years, you'd say, well, he must have played 80 or 90 test matches. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was, you know, I, every time I was dropped and I think if you look at, look it up every time I was dropped, I didn't take more than three wickets. You know, if, you know, if I didn't take more than three wickets, I was dropped or three wickets. Or so it was, I, 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 it was one of those, you felt that way. You felt if you didn't perform, you're out. Um, and I don't know why it was. You see, it, it, It's sort of, you look back and you think, you know, the support you needed you needed support you needed people arm around you talking to you you know when you go away explaining to you what you needed to do what you know what's needed and it was basically it was survival it was survival back then um, and look you know if anyone says there wasn't clicks they're lying and you had clicks as well there's no you know if you if you're you know mates with so-and- so you know there, there was and I you know and I was a very very reserved person really i didn't really get involved too much i was i didn't i just found it uncomfortable at times being in certain situations really or social wise and people saw that looked at that differently but it was i i always felt that if i didn't perform i was i was dropped the next one and, and it was and it happened all the time but the thing that i think the thing that hurt the most really back then was i didn't really get a reason why you know, I didn't get a reason that there was no explanation of going. And the only thing I ever I, I did was walked away from me and I was happy to walk away, get away from there. And they go back to my county and try to perform and then push myself back in again. And, and I, every time I went back to my county, I never thought about, oh, I'm going to be picked for England. I just performed and then I was picked. And that was it, really.
0: Well, it's very disappointing, really, because... Um... There was obviously no central contracts, but I looked up, even in 1994, you got 30 wickets that summer, and then the following summer, 1995, when you are only 29, you played your last test match. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I had, you know, so I had an injury, and, uh, the, you know, people, you know, people said, well, you, you know, he lost his net, but I think you just lose confidence, you lose, you know, you just... It, you lose confidence, you lose their and you lose your nip and um, you know you because I play because county cricket to me was I wanted to play county cricket because I felt it was important to play county cricket for the counties for your members. So I always I was always performing. So when I left a test match, I was always still bowling my 20, 30 overs for my county. So you know, can you imagine my you know my body my you know going back into another test match? So you know where I think it's it's just wonderful that you've got central contract with, with the players now. They can be looked after. So when they play a test match, they can give their all. Uh, back then, you're you're playing game after game. And uh, and I you know and I think you're, as sort of 29, you're thinking, wow, you know, I played my last test match, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, you, know? you should be at your peak at your, as, as, a, as a bowler. You should be at your peak mm. basically. Um, so, but it's just you know non-stop playing really. That,
0: that was it. And uh, now in the one-day one-day international side, you did play a hundred and three internationals, so you were a regular playing for the one-day side. And of course, you played in two further World Cups. Uh, in particular, the nineteen ninety-two World Cup, the Graham Gooch side with Ian Botham, uh, Chris Lewis, Neil Fairbrother, of course. We. England, look, the best team in that competition and, and came up short in the final. That must have been very disappointing, that that particular competition. Oh, you
1: know, from from the word go, uh, we we went like that. We peaked from the word go. We went. We were, we were playing outstanding cricket. We were far the best side in that tournament. We had a bit of... I think when we got to the quarterfinals uh, stages... The knockout stages, basically, we had a few injuries. I think we had a slight dip, and we're very fortunate where in the in the World Cup semi-final against South Africa, where it rained. I think it was going to go down to the wire,
0: basically. Yes, yeah. Game. Yeah.
1: Okay. It would have gone down to one. And, and I and I reckon it could have gone either way. So, but but in that World Cup, I just felt by far we were the best side. And as I said, we just had a little bit of dip. We had a few injuries, a little bit of dip. And we were fortunate again in that uh, semi-final against South Africa. But the game, which, you know, after losing to, to Pakistan in the final, again, you look at and you go back. When we played them at Adelaide, we are about to knock them out. We and, it rained, knock them it? and it rained, didn't it? It rained. And then it rained and they got a point and they went through. So, and then to play them in the final where, you know, I didn't think we, don't think we performed our best, um, you know, like we did earlier on in the in the tournament, uh, and the occasion might have got to, you know, the occasion might have got to one or two of us, I don't know, you know, it, it's one of those things, but to lose that final after playing such terrific cricket, leading up to it all, um, was, yeah, it was quite gutted, I was, I was, you know, I I'll be totally honest with you. I've, I've got two World Cups uh, runners-up medals, and I haven't got a clue where they are because I think I threw them away. Uh, that's how I felt. Um, and and, I, and I, from this day, I haven't got a clue where they are. I literally threw both of them away, and it was—I was so gutted. And someone's got them. Someone's got them somewhere. I've got, <laughs> got a clue where they are, honestly. So I did not want to. I was so angry and you know that we didn't lose we did we didn't win the world cup um and i know the person who neil february and i we sort of we had our plans about game you know we get home to 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 manchester you know what we're going to do we're going to go out and celebrate you know we had all these things planned in our mind but the thing is our teammate was in who was on the opposition right, yeah, yeah. uh he was basically the one who bowled us out so it was uh yeah, it was it was a sad bit, but look at the end of the day, what well, Pakistan played better than we did. Um, you can look back and go, well, you look at a few LB decisions, uh, which was a bit sort of,
0: yeah, know, yeah.
1: If you had if you had the LB, then things could have gone our way. That's right. Uh, you, yeah. You, know, you can't you can't look back. You've got to give credit to Pakistan. Won it. Congratulations to them. And unfortunately, lost two. I've lost two finals.
0: But before you retired in 2005, you did play a bit of. T20 cricket and you played in the first ever competition in 2003 when you were captain of Leicestershire and you reached the semi-finals what did you think to T20 cricket then
1: well I'll be totally honest when it first when it was first announced I thought oh god what's this you know this is crazy this is madness you know you're thinking was T20s you play we play you know after school you know Mm -hmm. one of those well all all those clubs played
0: T20 cricket you know yeah Um,
1: and we got into it and actually I started to really enjoy it, you know, really enjoy the team. We did really well. Uh, We managed to get to, as you said, finals day. It was, you know, it was terrific. I mean, the problem was with the T20 as well. It was you you played it through. uh, I think it was a two, three week period. And then uh, we had championship cricket. And I remember playing in the championship game against it might have been against Surrey at Grace Road or someone against Grace Road. And then um, I remember doing my groin, so I did my groin. So I went into finals, captain. I went into finals day with a slight groin injury, Um, so I wasn't fully fit basically. Um, You know, looking back, you know, maybe I should have stepped aside really, but. First finals, finals day, you want to play, so it's one of those. Reasons. So we, you know, the experience of finals day was at Trent Bridge, and it was a terrific atmosphere. Um, and you know, we didn't really perform. You know, we, I think we batted first. Uh, we didn't really perform, and, and that was it really. Uh, but it was a great experience.
0: So would you like to play T20 cricket nowadays? I'm sure you would.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You'd have
0: been all around the world. You
1: would have. Been. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, look, you, for, for what I've done, what I've achieved and, you know, the, the, the great times I've had, the, the, you know, the career I've had, the, there's no regrets. And it's great to see the players. It's, it's wonderful to see the players earning the money they do now. And, you know, some players go around the world playing T20. Good on them. Uh, absolutely. Um, good luck to them.
0: So just about your career, have you got a favourite ever days cricket? Either playing or watching, hopefully playing.
1: Favorite ever days cricket. There's so many.
0: It's nice to have that.
1: Yeah, there are so many. To pick a favorite ever days cricket, I mean, you, you you go back to you know my first ever game, um, and it, it, I just loved. I loved the just being out there, just playing, just even sat in the changing room with with the teammates um every every moment every moment i played even if when i play club cricket even i play uh pca masters cricket i think just sat in the changing room being out there with the guys they're all my favorite moments because it's it's yeah if you go back to me as a kid it's a place i felt the safest and the environment i loved the most so anything involving cricket Uh, it's it's just it's safe for me I feel safe and it's part of me it's part of my life and and I not many people can understand that but I just loved I'm passionate about cricket I'm passionate about giving kids opportunity and um you know I'll try my best I'll do my utmost whatever you know I can do and you know if anyone ever questioned that you know I don't they've got to really look at me my you know sort of the journey I've been on and what I've done and and how I've been involved in cricket and what cricket means to me and it means the world to me Cricket's cricket is my life basically and I love the sport I love cricket and it means the world to me
0: well that ties actually very well with my next question really about what's been going on since since lockdown really with um, opportunities for black cricketers I spoke to um, Roland Butcher on this podcast about that and do you think the ecb are now doing enough to improve opportunities for black cricketers
1: i think i think that the, the ecb have been brilliant they've been very proactive um i think that you know they're, they're, if you if you look at um you know i've, I've been asked a question why are there not so many black cricketers now and you know it's a million dollar question really and as i said when i first be- play started playing cricket in my family, my dad and my mum, you know, it's sort of with a Caribbean connection with the West is such a fantastic side. Um, it was, in, you know, it's in your blood, it's your DNA. It, it, it was basically there all the time. So I encouraged you to play cricket. Um, and as I said, I was very fortunate to play cricket. So there was loads of, you know, um, thinking back, there were loads of cricketers, black cricketers around. And I look around now and there's not many. And it's always, it's the, you know, it's, it's a question. Now. You know if if we if we talk we can go deep into this but it's i'm not in a position to to talk about that all i can all i can say to you or i can talk to you about my experience and and what i've experienced and what i've seen um state school boys you know you go back state school boys you know we had the opportunity of you know playing cricket you know we played cricket at school do they play cricket at school anymore the answer is possibly not no uh have they got facilities the answer is maybe not Um, So, you know, it's a a massive, it's a big, big, big question. Um, The ECB, to me, have been fantastic. They've supported myself. They've been brilliant with um, London schools. We we started this process where we try and approach as many, many kids um, in state schools. People, you know, it didn't matter what colour you are, where you're from, who you are. And it's just giving kids opportunity. And I think that you've got to look at it that way. Give so has, L- has
0: London Schools is it quite a new development involving yourself? Uh,
1: London, London Schools have been there for ages. It's been there for ages. I've been involved with London Schools for the last two two years or so, just coaching. Um, and there was the opportunity where you try and drive it and you know give everyone the opportunity. And that's all I've done really. All you know, it's not you know you're not it's not just myself. It's the other coaches, everyone involved, and you know the people, the you know the exec committee, the guys who've been involved um with the ECB uh, so we've we've tried to basically uh, with the uh, covid has given us an opportunity where you know at first we thought we weren't going to play we, we weren't going to have any cricket at all so it was a basic it was a basically a, a rush really trying to get cricket trying to give the kids cricket you know follow the guidelines and do it and it's all a, you know a major panic as you well aware through for the summer so we we got cricket going but one of the things I did discuss with You know, um, everyone was basically there's an opportunity to reach out and, you know, and get some trials going, get some, you know, kids and try reach out to try to unearth new talent. And, you know, we've done that. You know, we had a we had trials for over seven, 700 kids from from under 11s to under 15s, basically. Um, So in each age group, we're trialing at least 150 kids. Um, and then and, and each each you know, squad that we've selected, there are at least, you know, I'd say minimum 15 new players, you know, which have not been involved with county or not been involved with anyone, any association. So which is fantastic. So we actually, you know, we're trying to reach out. We're trying to reach out to state school kids as well. Um, but COVID didn't quite allow us to go into the schools because obviously the schools were. So
0: where, where, are, where are you holding these trials?
1: Well, basically, I mean, w- one of the things I did, I had a, a friend um, who, when I, as, as I grew up, you know, at Sudbury Court, I remember when I went on to the MCC ground staff, and I was told how to play Middlesex Premier League, and I played a couple of games, of through games for Wembley, so there were still a few uh, people at Wembley who I knew. I approached them, you know, if we could hire the, you know, the, the facilities out. Uh, we managed to hire the facilities at Wembley out and they were absolutely fantastic with us. You know, so we hired the facilities at Wembley. And then I think uh, and the other one was through Peter Yates, who's uh, secretary of um, London schools. Uh, we approached Beddington in the south. So we had south and we had north trials uh, over those period. So, yeah, it, it's you know, it went really well. They were fantastic. Uh, we saw a lot of talent. And the toughest bit, the toughest bit, really, uh, and it's always going to be, is you, you only select a certain amount of, of the boys. So, you know, in the, for example, we've got 30 in the squads. Uh, we'd love to select 60. We'd love to select 80. But it, for winter training and moving forward in games, you just can't. But, you know, what we did say to, you know, to the kids, you can't. The other thing is you can't give feedback to 550 kids. You no. can't. Yeah, you can't personally give them. So so all we've done is we try to give them feedback to say, look, you know, we hope you've enjoyed the trials. Some of you might, you know, might think, well, you performed well or did this. But, you know, what we look at, we look at just natural kids, you know, natural cricketers. And, you know, we look, don't get me wrong. We all human beings. We might have got some wrong. You know, we might not. And what we said to the kids, you go away. And if you haven't, you know, if you haven't gone in this time, you go away, work at your cricket, you know, you know, in the winter somewhere or in the summer and then come back again. You know, because kids and, and kids at that age, they develop at different stages. So we're not saying you're not in, you know, we're just saying, look, you haven't made it this time. So please go away, develop your cricket, uh, work on your cricket, come back again. And who knows? Uh, and yeah, in this game, you need a bit of luck as well. But, you know, and that's and that's all you can do, and that's you know, and, and that's all we could do, you know. Um, the, the ECB supported the whole thing, and you know, it was I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, really, oh, really fantastic. That's great
0: to hear. The ECB, you know, it's it's not just words; they're actually actually taking action, and um, presumably the coaching is going to continue in the winter as well.
1: Yeah, we we yeah we're due to start our um our coaching program, obviously. Uh, with COVID, making sure we, you know, again we follow the guidelines. How many we allowed, and because it's on the 15s, you know, it's, it's the youngsters. I think we, I think we're okay at the moment, but we have just got to keep up with, see what you know happens with the government. You know, it could all go, it could all shut down at any stage mm, at the moment. Yeah. But, at, but at the moment, I think we, we're due to start fairly soon, uh, and we're really looking forward to seeing, you know, the new players that we've unearthed to see what they're like. Um, and, but, you know, again, as a as a coach and as a youngster, and being through the experience I've been, there are going to be kids who, who are very unhappy or, you know, they haven't made it. And it's part of sport, I'm afraid. It, it does happen, but you, you just don't give up. You don't give up. Uh, for God's sake, you know, look, I'm, I'm a prime example of all that. You know, I was dropped 14 times by England. You know, I didn't play any representative cricket when I was a youngster, you know, because purely the school I went to, when I started playing cricket, um, you know, I went I'd go to trials and, you know, you just felt like you pushed to one side because one, the school you're from, where you live, you know, and I, I, I tried, you know, I tried not to look at it in a different way apart from, you know, well, do you know what? I've just got to keep going. Just got to keep going and somewhere down the line, you know, my talent will show and it, it will happen. And that's all, you know, you, I, I I do feel for the kids who haven't made it, you know, but I I think it's important where the kids who haven't made made it is to get the right guidance, is to get the right information to them. But that's not from just us. We can only give you certain advice. That's from the parents. The parents have got to say, well, you know, you didn't make it this time. We'll we'll keep going. And next time you will. And if you take that sort of attitude then your kid, the next time, who knows what's going to happen?
0: It sounds like there's obviously the interest there and and the talent. So will some of those uh, people, these young players, go to go across to the counties at some point as well? Hopefully.
1: Well, the whole idea of, of London School is develop. We, we develop those players. We see players that you know are, are not involved in the counties. If there are players involved in the counties, we say right, you stay with the counties. We've got that relationship now with the all four counties: uh, Middlesex, Surrey, Kent, and Essex. So. If they're, you know, if they're involved with them, then they, you know, they're involved with those counties and the other kids who are not involved, we will try and develop them. And, we've, and we think they get, you know, hopefully we'll encourage them and help them and hopefully we'll get, they get to a certain level. Then we can turn around to the county and say, well, I think it's worth having a look at this kid now. And then we look at some new ones to develop. And that, I think that's how we that's how we're looking at it. And that's how you're hoping it's going to work and hopefully will give kids more opportunity.
0: Well, it sounds very positive. I mean, there was a test match last year. I know at the time, I think uh, uh, Ben Stokes was back well, back in New Zealand, but we had a test match where nine uh, players for England were privately educated in the, in the same team. And there was only Chris Wokes and James Anderson who went to a state school playing for the national side. So uh, hopefully the work you're doing will lead to more people from state schools getting the opportunities to play yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, you, you hope so. You, you know, you hope so for the, for the state school boys, you know, or, or girls or whoever it may be. It, But to me, ultimately, to me, it's just giving each one the same, you know, the same opportunity. Um, as I said, I, for me, it, it doesn't matter if you go to state school or private school or where you're from, who you are. It's just give you that opportunity. If you've got that, if you've got the talent, you've got the love, the passion for the game, you've got the ability we should give you the you know give you the opportunity and try and help you
0: well thank you very much for that looks like you're you're very busy anyway so and and thank you very much for being with me today on the paddock and the pavilion and the best luck with all the coaching and thank you again for being on the show
1: thank you it's been a pleasure
0: thanks thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion you can download the show on apple Podcasts, soundcloud Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Pad and Pad. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps>